This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist, keeping my eye on the economy every day for you, with no bluster, no bias, and no bull. June 4th, 2020. A few economic releases today. The first one was the Challenger Job Cut Report, which showed uh, the prior week was, or in April, the number of jobs cut was 671,129. This is announced layoffs as opposed to actual job cuts. And in May, it was 397,016. So a little bit less than half of what, uh, or I should say a little bit more than half of what we saw in April. So very good news there. Still a ton of jobs, ton of layoffs, but um, seeing improvement. International trade balance came in for April. In March, the balance was minus 42.3 billion. The forecast for April was minus 42 billion, and the actual was minus 49.4 billion. So much, much wider than expected. And that was due to the fact that exports fell 20.5%, led by civilian aircraft, crude oil, and autos, while imports only fell 13%, led by passenger cars, semiconductors, consumer goods, uh, like apparel. So because exports fell more than imports, the, the trade balance widened. Exports are down 27.7% year-over-year. Imports are down 22.4% year-over-year. The gap with China rose by $9 billion to $26 billion. And uh, trade will weigh on GDP for second quarter because it was worse than expected. Jobless claims came in today for the week of May 30th. The prior week was uh, 2.126 million uh, in, in initial jobless claims. The forecast for the week of May 30 was 1.79 million, and actual was 1.877 million. So less than the prior week, but more than forecast. So we're trending down here, and that's good to see. Productivity and unit labor costs for the first quarter came in. And the uh, consensus was for a minus 2.5% reading, and the actual was minus 0.9%. So productivity fell a lot less than expected. Unit labor costs, um, quarter over quarter change, uh, was expected to be 4.8%, and actual was 5.1%. So because Product, or because production fell before all of the jobs were lost, then um, and and because you know production fell and some people stayed employed, so uh, if you're if you're talking about uh, labor unit labor costs, this is basically what is produced divided by how many people is producing it. So because of all the uh, the declines in production, um, it was. Uh, it was higher in terms of how much it costs for each unit. So uh, that's probably going to come down again once people come back to work. Now, um, okay, that's for tomorrow. All right. Now, uh, a quick note on the PPP loan program for businesses. Uh, some changes were passed by the Senate unanimously and uh, is now going to head to President Trump's desk. I don't they're not sure he's going to sign it, but these are the uh, pass these are the changes passed by the Senate. It is now uh 
the loans can be used for 60% or must be used for 60 60% uh, of the loans must be used on payrolls down from 75% requirement previously uh, businesses have 24 weeks to spend the money now instead of just eight they now have five years to repay the loans instead of just two December 31 is the now is now the rehiring deadline uh, as opposed to June 30th previously and uh, the program authorizes $660 billion to pay employees, but loans can also be used for uh, interest on mortgages, rent, and utilities. $4.5 million in loans have been given out so far, and $510 billion uh, have been approved. Now for a few notes uh, on some miscellaneous topics. The pandemic leads to Europe jobless rise, but this is interesting. So... The unemployment rate rose from a 12-year low in April or in March of 6.4%, and it shot up in April all the way to 6.6%. <laughs> it hardly budged. We have a 14.7% unemployment rate, and Europe had hardly any increase in their unemployment rate. Now, why would that be? Economists said the data show that the state-subsidized furlough schemes have shielded the EU labor market from the crisis, in contrast to the U.S., where the jobless rate has risen from a new record low of 3.5% to 14.7%. More than 40 million people across Europe have enrolled in the schemes, in which much of their wages are paid by government while they are sent home, protecting jobs and allowing companies to temporarily idle employees at state expense. So... Very different kind of uh, setup there in Europe as opposed to what we have here in the United States. Illinois is set to ask the Federal Reserve for $1.2 billion. Illinois is set to become the first U.S. state to ask the Federal Reserve for emergency funding, planning to borrow $1.2 billion from the central bank to plug a financing gap created by the coronavirus pandemic. Well, they're going to have to determine how much of it's from the coronavirus versus bad fiscal mismanagement before the virus hit because uh, it shouldn't be bailed out for that. The cash-strapped government, which faces more than $130 billion of unfunded pension liabilities, like I said, mismanagement, said it was finalizing plans to pay 3.82% for the one-year loan after a delay in tax collections created by a budget or created a budget shortfall. The Fed's loan to Illinois will be its first under the Municipal Liquidity Facility, a $500 billion scheme set up under the coronavirus stimulus legislation agreed by Congress and the White House in March to reduce the impact of the pandemic on the U.S. economy. The virus is now hitting, or the virus is um, just thwarting Australia's economic growth. Australia is facing its first recession in almost 30 years after bushfires, and the coronavirus pandemic caused the economy to con contract during the first quarter. GDP fell 0.3% in the first three months of the year, but the full impact of the COVID-19 shutdown is expected to be felt only in the second quarter of 2020. Last month, Cabrera, or Canberra, I think that's the Prime Minister, forecast the economy could sink by as much as 10% because of temporary closures of businesses, schools, and some government services. In the 12 months to the end of March, annual growth slowed to 1.4%, the weakest result in more than a decade, owing mainly to a 1.1% fall in household consumption, which makes up 60% of the economy. There have 
only been 102 deaths from COVID-19 in Australia. The dollar, the U.S. dollar, is poised for a dramatic fall against its peers, warn Wall Street strategists. A wave of optimism of the global recovery from coronavirus pushed the U.S. currency lower against its peers. The dollar became less attractive once U.S. interest rates collapsed to near zero, but investors struggled to find alternatives. Long-dated U.S. yield curve steepens as investors ponder Fed's next move. The long-dated Treasury bonds have lost favor among investors, sending yields to their highest since March, following a jump in borrowing to fund a massive economic stimulus and signs of shifting policy by the U.S. Federal Reserve. The increase in rates on 30-year debt in recent days has been sharper than on short-term treasuries, to such an extent that one part of the U.S. yield curve is now steeper than at almost any point in the past three years. And, of course, with 30-year debt rising, um, could be seeing a rise in mortgage rates soon. So if you haven't purchased a house and you want to, or you haven't refinanced your house yet or your mortgage yet and you're thinking about doing it, better do it pretty quick. Traders said the move reflected a combination of factors, including a stabilizing economic outlook and the expectation that while the Fed would continue to hold short-term Treasury yields low, it would be less aggressive in its interventions in the market for longer-dated government debt. The difference between the yields on 5-year and 30-year Treasuries widened to almost 118 basis points on Tuesday, the highest at any point since 2017. Now for a update on the coronavirus. For the world, the death rate was 5.89% yesterday, down from 5.93%. The growth rate in fatalities was 1.3%, up slightly from 1.2%. The death rate for the U.S. was 5.74%, same as the prior day. Growth rate in fatalities was 1%, down slightly from 1.1%. And just a quick note uh, that um, officials in Missouri have said that there was no spike in coronavirus cases related to the massive party at Lake of the Ozarks uh, on Memorial Day weekend. So you had all these people out there partying by the beach or on the beach or whatever, or, and um, everyone was saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, but there's going to be all these sick people. Nope. Didn't happen. So I'm hoping they will um, open the beaches at some point this summer here in Minneapolis, provided we don't have more riots. Um, sure, it'd be nice to go to the beach, but uh, I have very little hope. They've already canceled the state fair, so... There's that too. Now for tip number 39 on how to stay sane during unemployment. Tip number 39 falls under the fourth commandment of be good to yourself. Tip number 39 is, get ready for this one, do a little dance once in a while. <laughs> Throw on some music and dance to your favorite music and just move your body and uh, get all that stress and anxiety and depression and bad feelings and bad thoughts out of you. Just dance and just Dance like nobody's watching and like you just don't care. Dance, dance, dance. Move. Feel happy. Even though you're probably not, um, feel happy anyway. Force yourself to feel happy. You know, sometimes you got to do that. You got to be good to yourself. That's what this is all about. The last uh, nine tips and tomorrow's tip. All, it's all about being good to yourself. So do a little dance once in a while. That can help you feel better about whatever situation you're in. Or at least forget about it for a little while while you're dancing. That's all for today. Please subscribe and follow me. If you like what you hear, spread the word. 
listen to previous episodes if you'd like to listen to um, other tips on how to stay sane during unemployment. Please tune in tomorrow when I will be discussing the all-important May employment report. The forecast for the job losses is 7.725 million job losses. Now, the forecast for the ADP employment report, which was yesterday, was 8.6 million, I think, something like that, and it was only like 2.6 million or something like that. So it was a lot less than forecast, so maybe we'll see the same thing in this report. We'll, we'll just have to tune in and see. And the f- unemployment rate is forecast to jump from 14.7% to 19.8%. So we'll see what that number comes in as well. This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist. Stay safe and stay sane. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.